Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 122 of the Caesus Show. It's your boy, Sir Caesus, and I am back with the co-host, Terrence Whaley. What up, what up? It's been, a, it's been what, two weeks since we recorded the last podcast? Yeah, probably probably two weeks. Yeah. A little bit before Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's been, a, it's been a little while since some, you know, traction's been made. Actually, a lot of traction's been made as well, too, which we'll get into for a little bit before I get into the latest you know, hottest topics for this episode. I just want to rehash episode 21. So on episode 21, we got the official release of my co-host Terrence Whaley's app that is available on all platforms called Barter Sneaker Trading App. Make sure you guys go and check that out right now. Um, So among other things, obviously in the NBA, we talked about Lakers not so hot start. Russ's awful start, cat calling out Ant, Ben Simmons' poor start to the season, uh, the pacing of the game, uh, Blazers and Utah's hot start, power rankings, and much, much more. But before we get into, you know, the hottest topics, I want to officially introduce my co-host, Terrence Whaley. What's good? What's good, Steve? How, you, how you doing, baby? I've been good, man. I've been good. I think I'm on a 15-day streak now with Duolingo, so it's been going oh, pretty man. well. Okay, and okay. like I said, I I'm trying to. <laughs> and like I said, I'm trying to. The goal right now is to try to attempt to watch one foreign film that obviously is specialized in Spanish um, uh, a week. So uh-huh. one of the weeks I watched Platform on Netflix, which was pretty good. Okay. And then I watched another movie. Um, what's it called? Going blank right here. It's called uh, City of God. That came out like in two thousand three or something like that. Okay, as well, and you're too. doing without the subtitles. I'm doing it with the subtitles because I'm still on the on the very very beginner stages. But gotcha. it's nice to kind of link the words, you know, with 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 what's on TV and what's being said and whatnot. So that's been sure, pretty good sure. and whatnot. So and I, I think I seen you. Uh, I seen you on IG doing some modeling and stuff. What you what you on with that? I uh, just so one in the home. Well, one thing I want to kind of get back into is, is modeling as well too. I did a lot uh-huh. of that back when I was on the East Coast, and I really haven't found like a found a thing over there. So right now, what I'm trying to do is basically just get myself to get exposed to you know different small you know, companies and from th- and basically from there kind of build up my portfolio and then release myself out into these bigger agencies and whatnot as gotcha, well too. Gotcha. So okay. that's been going pretty good. And then, you know, slowly working on some mock-ups for the merch that I'm trying to get ready for uh, next year. So I'll actually show you some mock-ups that I have and you can tell me which ones you like um, and whatnot as well I'm too. But what's good with you, man? You going to Joshua Tree or whatnot? Yeah, man. Taking taking the shorty to, to, to Joshua Tree. Um, me and my girlfriend, we're going to spend like a little week a weekend out there uh, this Saturday or this Friday, actually. I'm going to take her up there, and I got, a, you know, a few surprises for her. Uh, you know, we've been wanting to take, like, a little mini vacation. So definitely um, going to take her out, have a good time. Um, but right now, mostly, you know, my life has been, uh, like like I've been saying about, like, new chapters and, like, just getting into new stuff. So I'm actually getting ready to move um, from Ladera Heights, which is like over in Inglewood area, LA, to uh, to Echo Park here, I get on this side of town, um, and just like just explore a new neighborhood in LA. You know, I feel like I've been here. It's it was four years in August, so you know, just trying to tap into you know a new uh, like new side of the city um, and see like what 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 I can run into out here too. So proud of you proud of you proud of you mm-hmm. came came a long way as well too and obviously sure. i'm gonna be there next week to get my free meal i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> if even if it wasn't for no free meal that just nah, kind of entices me i would just still help you regardless nah, so. for sure man you know you always got to have you know strong hands around to help a brother move so I, I appreciate you okay 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 so we can go ahead and uh 
get started into this uh, this interesting episode. So, the elephant in the room, Kyrie Irving has been all over every type of platform that you can kind of think of, whether it's social media, the sports world, the politics world, every form of media. He's kind of been on as well, too. And why has he, you know, kind of been all over the place is because he went on his social media and posted a documentary called Hebrews to Negroes, Wake Up Black America. And it's a documentary that's essentially on Amazon Prime. I thought it was free at first. I actually had to hit, hit, hit up Terrence. I was like, hey, why you, why you, like we, we got the sites for, you know, for basketball, the sports and whatnot. But how you get this? Because I'm literally going through all my back pockets and mm-hmm. couldn't find it. You're like, yeah, man, you just got to just cough up that $12. Right. <laughs> and I was like, okay, man, we'll see what's good. So I, I have to be honest with you guys. I only watched about an hour and a half of the, of the documentary as well, too. So... Hour into the documentary, the, the narrator, um, the director, whatever you want to call him, uses a lot of biblical scriptures, writings, language crossover, forms of DNA to basically impose his opinion that black people came from Israel and ended up, you know, all over uh, the world because of slavery. Um, so getting ended up basically getting scattered across there and that the modern day Jews that we see, the, the white Jews, are not the original Jews. Um, so I still have like about an hour and a half left and obviously it goes deeper. Um, but from what I saw, um, I guess the anti-Semitism I'm seeing now is denying the white Jews of the true Jews of being the true Jews of Israel. But I actually did a little bit more research and I guess I'm, I'm going to finish it regardless, mm-hmm. but I did a little bit more research and I actually kind of copied and pasted a couple of things right here too. Um, it says that the film also amplifies longstanding anti-Semitic tropes about Jewish power, control, and greed, mm-hmm. including false claims that Jews control the media and disputes the identity of modern Jews, claiming they are religious converts who descended from the Khazars and have no historical connection to the land of Israel. To support his claim, the film cites statements from prominent anti-Semites and notorious anti-Semitic texts as a as supposed evidence of true nature and the identity of Jewish people. For example, the film includes passages from Henry Ford's international Jew and two purported uh, through seemingly fabricated quotations of Adolf Hitler. And then it says here, the film also advertises the book on which is based, which features even more explicit anti-Semitism, including quotes from the protocols of the elders of Zion, a longer passage of Holocaust denial attacks on Zionism, conspiracy, conspiritual, claims about the Rob's challenge and much, much more as well too. So because of this, Kyrie Irving took um, a lot of slack and basically was called, you know, anti, basically anti-Semitic semantic, mm-hmm. um, as well too. Uh, he had a couple interviews to kind of basically clear the air with everything, but you know, Kyrie can be a little bit stubborn and, you know, try his best to kind of decipher things in, in a way where he doesn't answer, but answer at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, he got suspended five games minimum. Um, and I also believe he had a cough up 500 K and then I also came with like a list of demands as well too. So the list of the man, the demands are a, a, a little crazy. Um, so the list right here reported to by Shams is he has to one apologize and condemn the movie. He has to donate 500K donation to anti-hate causes. He has to be uh, a part of a sensitivity training, anti-Semitic training, 
meet with the ADL Jewish leaders and meet with the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, Joe side to demonstrate his understanding um, of everything as well, too. And one of the last quotes we heard from Kyrie Irving is they kept asking him, um, are you anti-Semitic? Are you anti-Semitic? He literally is like, I can't be anti-Semitic because I know where I come from. And in the movie, basically, like I said, if in his mind, even though he didn't publicly say it based on what I've seen from the movie, if blacks are the or the the bloodline he's from which are the blacks that are original people from israel then he's technically jewish and he technically isn't anti-semitic as well too but i've known Kyrie or follow Kyrie for you know a long time and i don't really get that from him but he has to realize he's in a position of power he's Basically, in the sense, as far as the basketball universe goes, he's kind of a global icon. So you get, you really got to be careful with what you uh, post um, because whatever you post, there's going to be a lot of viewers and people are going to dive into it as well, too. Um, part of me thinks that he didn't watch it in its entirety. Mm-hmm. And part of me feels like, you know how you have some of your friends be like, yo, can you like retweet something for me? Can you post something for me? <laughs> I feel like there's two, like two things. I feel like it's one like me, because for a three-hour, I can't even watch a three-hour movie, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm like, yo, I think this dude literally watched, like, probably what I watched. And he was like, oh, okay, you know what I'm saying? This kind of makes sense, you know, based on this information. Mm-hmm. And I think he posted it and just didn't realize what was going to happen with the backlash. And he's one of those people who doesn't like to be proven wrong. Mm-hmm. So when he had that original interview, I think he was just like... Standing on it, standing on it as well too. But yeah. I mean, I, I just want to. Well, first, I've been, I've been, uh, I guess, uh, obviously, like just seeing the whole landscape and watching the story develop over the last week. And you know, I, I first want to preface my comments by saying, obvious, I don't speak for for UCs, but obviously, I know you as a man and I know you as a person. We are not anti-Semitic, so any of the views that we have that we speak to today, like we are not at all coming at any type of sideways towards Jewish people, um, and seeing seeing where um, Kyrie stands on the matter as far as like where he believes you know the original black man comes from, like it's very interesting. Like it it was eye opening the the story as it developed last week mm-hmm. to see it from a um uh from a fan of the NBA but also a fan of Kyrie Irving to like see like what what his stance was on. And that was first the first thing. And then obviously the backlash came of, of the interviews that he was getting either either post game or pre game. Yeah. Um from uh from I think it's the ESPN reporter Alex I forgot his last name. I think it's Alex Friedel. Mm-hmm. Um, oh Nick Friedel, Nick Friedel. Yeah, Nick Friedel. Mm-hmm. Uh basically coming at him with the anti Semitic comments and that that made me go and do like the research on the mo- or on the documentary myself and I was like, Well damn, like yeah, you you can't you you can't post a link or share a link to a video if you haven't really seen the whole thing. And I agree on your point that like he probably didn't see the whole thing. Probably saw the 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 title and was like, okay, let me tap in for a little bit. Oh, I got a game tomorrow. Let me, you know, turn this off or whatever. <laughs> but like he does have to own the fact that like, you know, if he didn't realize that there were some deeply anti Semitic, you know, views in that documentary, he does have to own up to that. Um but I want it to be clear because I've I seen a lot of discourse about this, you know, from, from friends of mine that I follow on Twitter yeah. that I know personally. I've seen, you know, obviously senior writers on ESPN, Yahoo, everybody's speaking about the about the matter. I just wanted to be clear, like, where I stand on it is I respect Kyrie for 
you know, either believing that he feels like the original black man does come from Israel. Like that's, that's something to stand on. Like we, you know, if, if he feels like that, that's what the case is, then, you know, I support him in that because he was also very supportive in his native American roots. And I, I got to know that that's important to him as well. Mm-hmm. But I think to your point about like, you got to be able to know before you post, you got to, you got to be able to do that. So that was the only thing I was really disappointed in him in, in the whole situation so far anyway. Exactly. And he had, he had two chances to clear, to clear everything as well mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. He could have admitted to what he did and it just came off with those two post game and pregame interviews. He just came off as a little dismissive mm-hmm. and he also came he, off. He come off as like the little brother that like don't want to own up to like the fact that his, his big brother is right. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like that's kind of how it comes off to me. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he came off as insensitive as well too. Um, and, and I mean, he was, he was getting hate from both sides. Like I seen, I seen black people being mad at him saying like, Oh, are you ashamed that you feel like, you know, black people don't come from Africa. Like I saw people coming at him from both sides of the table this week, you know? So that's why I'm like, damn, like I feel like, when you sent me that Jay Williams, you know, you know, video today, I was like, you know, it's it's good to have that side of the conversation, but nobody want to have that type, you know, side of the conversation. Everybody wants their opinion to be what's right, and yeah. it's such a sticky conversation. It's like all all Kyrie trying to say is like, well, I don't want to speak for Kyrie actually, but it, <laughs> what it, what I could think that he's trying to say is like, look, I just think that this is a new conversation that I'd like to start, and that's why I tweeted it out. But he fucked up because he didn't know. Or he should have known, you know, all of what it entailed. Basically. Yeah, should have as well too. Because I mean, yeah, it's just a, it's just a, a, a tough thing to kind of deal with as well too. But hopefully, he's kind of learned from that. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as, because you know, like even Jay Williams or other people, other outlets have kind of been saying, all right, like this is where it's kind of in the sense of breaking and all that as well too. So, mm-hmm. well, like I said, what he has to do to complete to return a team apologize can in the movie find a K donation to anti-hate cause the sensitivity training anti-semitic training meet with the adl jewish leaders meet with joe side to demonstrate understanding what are your thoughts on that if you have any like do you think that is warranted for him to return um especially when we've seen a lot of things in the sports world outside of sports world where we've kind of let things slide or I know I can only speak for myself as a black male. I'm just very forgiving as well too. And and I use every, every lesson as a learning lesson. Like, do you think the repercussions were justified? I don't think they're justified because even though like when Nick asked him the question about, are you anti-Semitic and he didn't say yes or no, he clearly like on, in his answer said, I cannot be anti-Semitic. Like that to me comes off as, positive like i'm not i'm not saying like anything negative about you know or trying to be anti-semitic and the way they ran with the report after that and it what it seems like it's coming from the nba's camp is that we think that he has anti-semitic views and this is why we're going through the training because if they didn't feel that way then i don't think they would add it that onto the punishment mm-hmm. usually they just give a fine and then it's like okay you know you'll miss some games you won't get this game check, and that'll be it. But it seems like they're trying to educate him, which kind of goes into the deeper story about the internet saying, you know, we trying to we we trying to show this, you know, quote unquote slave like that you can't so act sick. out like this, you know. So that's why I feel like you know now like the player or the NBA Players Association is trying to step in, um, and you know whatever whatever your thoughts are on that, but like 
I think it's is definitely trying to it it's it's giving like let's show it this an example of like what you do when you piss off the wrong people. Mm-hmm. Like that's crazy. Um, I just feel like, I mean, if that's going to happen, we just need to hold everything and everyone else accountable for their actions as well, too. But like I said, that's not kind of warranted, which leads me into my next topic. The NBA Players Association expects to appeal Kyrie Irving's suspension term. So Jalen Brown came out, um, and obviously he's the vice president of the NBPA, um, said that the players union is not comfortable with the conditions placed by the Brooklyn Nets on Kyrie Irving's return from his suspension. The Nets, the Nets. Six guidelines Irving must meet before he can return to the club. I already mentioned that. Blah, 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 blah. Brown told Globe Monday morning that the NBAPA believes those conditions are too stringent, especially when there's no guideline that addresses on uh, addresses social media posts in the collective bargaining agreement. He said the NBA Players Association expected to appeal and then quoted, I don't believe Kyrie Irving is anti-Semitic. Brown said, I don't think people in our governing bodies think he's anti-Semitic. He made a mistake. We understand from an outside perspective how importantly sensitivity is to not condone hate speech and not condone anything of that nature. It's sensitivity to the dialect around that. We don't want to stand up for somebody in order to not condemn hate speech, but I don't believe Kyrie Irving is anti-Semitic, and hopefully the NBA feels the same way. Brown said Irving's future and how the league approaches the issue of the expression on social media could be clarified after Irving's meeting with Silver as well, too. What are your thoughts on um, the Players Association essentially being his representative on trying to appeal um, this egregious, um, you know, set of guidelines he has to do in order to come back on the floor? Mm-hmm. So I, I respect Jalen Brown a lot for for uh, stepping up and saying that, you know, because I feel like especially in the in the time of, uh, you know, stand not. Mm, I don't know if it comes across as standing up for Kyrie Irving, but either way, like it, it is very touchy to, you know, either appear like you're not supporting, but at least trying to to defend him or, to, you know, try to stand with him on like the fact that the punishment was, was too much. I respect Jalen Brown and the Players Association for standing up and making that, you know, statement. Um, and it's, it's a slippery slope, see, because it's like, you know, Somebody watching this or, like, you know, someone that, you know, has a favorable opinion on, you know, Kyrie not being anti-Semitic, it's like, well, you know, to someone who is a part of the Jewish community, they could say, well, you know what, like, it offended me, so that to me makes it anti-Semitic. So, like, that's hard. I can't speak on that. You know, Mm -hmm. I I really don't know. But, like, when it comes to the Players Association, I think that they did the right thing because – just like what you said, it wasn't. It's not written in the guidelines to to punish something of this nature mm-hmm. of a social media post. Um, that's that's what it said, right? Yeah. Okay. So if that's the case, then I mean, to me, this type of punishment is unprecedented when it comes to this particular situation. It it again just seems like that there's some appeasing going on, and that is wrong because it's like trying to make an example out of something that doesn't have a clear um, punishment in the, in the rule book. That's yeah. All. It's crazy. Um, <clears throat> and I also wonder too, just from your opinion, do you think they wait for the NBA plays association to basically have that con- that ongoing conversation and be a representative of Kyrie before he hits the floor? Or do you think he's going to be like, fuck it. I'm going to take care of these six 
boxes and try to get back on the floor. Uh, from what I know about Kyrie Irving, <laughs> he's he definitely do not shit. doing that. Like Kyrie is the type that he's going to like. I look. This is a be- this is a different like side of the basketball question, but like I don't think Kyrie Irving gives gives a damn about playing for the Brooklyn Nets going forward. Oh because yeah, because it sounds like. During the whole situation this past week, he didn't answer Joe's Joe, yeah, Joe text Simmons. messages. Like it doesn't seem like he's really in a rush at all. And it, I, it, I mean, I know he just lost the Nike or this is the the Nike deal was suspended, but it seems like he got bread because he's pissing off a lot of bread right now. And he seems like it's like you know I'm good. I don't need these game checks right now. Like it, you know. So it seems like he will take his time. And try to work with the Players Association because the the ultimate win for Kyrie is to be able to say, you know, okay, yeah, I did wrong, but I I won in a way that I didn't have to do these punishments to appease the so the quote unquote uh, the man, mm-hmm. the man. You know? I like that too. Yeah, I really wish he watched, you know, the entirety of it as well, too, um, as well. So because I think the biggest point he's just trying to make is just to kind of open your eyes. And for people that don't have a clear context of their lineage, just to kind of do research um, on your on your own. I think that was the basically the, the, the point of everything. But, mm-hmm. you know. There's always going to be some, you know, backlash that kind of comes with it as well, too. So we're going to continue to admire that situation um, and still, I guess, stick on Kyrie for a little bit as well, too. You just kind of pointed that he's he seems fine, um, financially satisfied with what he has. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, he loves the game. and He knows he's going to come back, but why not, you know, take it day by day and whatnot as well, too. Do you think that um, it's coming to a point not only for the Brooklyn Nets, but for teams that decide to in the future invest into Kyrie Irving do you think that Kyrie is going to become more hurt than harm for the Nets organization or just future organizations within the NBA uh oh you mean like does the is the money that the organization would pay Kyrie worth it worth it yeah uh (laughs) um honestly bro I think uh like I like I was saying with the Nike suspension like I think that's kind of sounding the alarm that it is going to be more, more damage. He's damaged goods more so than a great player on the floor. Um, because at the end of the day, like, and the NFL did a great, I mean, not a great job. Whoa. NFL set an example of how to black, how to blackball a player, you know what I mean? Or an athlete. So like, not that I, because the NBA is obviously a lot more progressive, but at the end of the day, yeah. the owners, and I'm not sure about this 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 um, percentage, but I saw something on the internet where it said that um, either 60 percent or above of the NBA owners are Jewish. So I don't know if that's the. If that, I'm not sure if that's true or any, any, anything. I, but, I feel like I heard that somewhere too. Okay, well, but like again, if it's about if if it does come down to a situation like that, I could I could very well see this being a, the last straw for Kyrie Irving in a way of pissing off the wrong people. And then getting blackballed in the league, do I think it's the right thing? No, because I, I'm again from a viewer's perspective, someone being non-Jewish, it looked to me like he was he was trying to be respectful enough to to say, hey, like I I have a 
I have a I have a thought about where I come from. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to piss y'all off, but like I put this out to my following because this is what I believe in and I wanted to share it. That's kind of how it came off to me. But again, it comes off different to, differently to other people. Do I think that this should be something that results in him getting blackballed from the league? No. I think he's way well worth the, a max contract. Obviously, he's not going to get that. Only one-year deals, probably. Yeah, it'll be a one-year deal. But he he's definitely worth the money. Will it affect some of the owner's bottom lines? It may be. Maybe. I don't know. But I don't, I don't think so. I think Kyrie puts asses in seats a lot like Zion Williamson, a lot like Giannis, a lot like LeBron. You know? Yeah, and I'm sad. I'm going to the Brooklyn Mets game on Saturday, and, and I'm not there. gonna see him. So, and yeah. I gotta wait till next year. The homies, one of my homies, uh, lives in D.C. and he was like, "I bought a ticket to the Wizards game. I wanted to go see that. He wasn't there either. So it's like, yeah, people yeah. want to see Kyrie he dribble the rock. Office, yeah, you know. So that's crazy. And what's also crazy too is like, I haven't really. Maybe I'm just not. Maybe my algorithms just are just not like up to par. But I haven't really been seeing a lot of people blast also Amazon for even allowing that content to be up there and applicable because they're they're still making money off of it yeah. you got people like you and i who like i said we're we're we do not agree with what is being said in the movie towards jewish people and whatnot as well too but that has our eyes kind of our, our eyes and our mind curious mm-hmm. to at least click at the ceo like what is this actually about mm-hmm. so i'm just it's just kind of crazy how like i haven't seen that backlash yeah um that's a good point. I feel like, you know, Amazon has had, um, I mean, from recently, from what I've seen Amazon get is is the, the unions fighting over, like, you know, work conditions as far as, like, the factories are concerned, the factory workers. Mm-hmm. But I've not seen any fallout from Amazon, you know, be detrimental to the company. So even if there were, I don't think, like, it would last a week and people will be, you know, on to their, their next thing to be mad about. Mm, yeah, it's just crazy how all this could have been prevented, but I feel like everything happens for a reason. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll see what happens with that as well too. So transitioning from you know this pretty crucial topic, but still staying on the Nets as well too. I mean, they're eleventh in the Eastern Conference right now. They're four and seven. Um, they're twenty first overall in the NBA, twelfth in points allowed, twenty in points per game. Um, with all this, you know kind of happening there's still a level of uncertainty with the coaching and whatnot should they in fact blow it up too yes <laughs> <laughs> yes their second best player right now is ben simmons you should definitely blow the team up for sure um it, it's it is a young man's league right now and the nets don't have draft picks the houston rockets have them so you have kevin durant how old is Kevin now? Thirty-two, something like that. Thirty. Hold on, they don't have draft picks from from Ben Simmons too. The trade. Mm. You mean like did they get draft picks back when they traded James Harden? Yeah, for Ben Simmons. Then they get Ben Simmons, Seth, and then some draft picks. Oh, I don't remember them getting draft picks Maybe back. They did. I, don't know. I just remember how many they sent away to get James Harden originally. Yeah. Okay. So Houston, I know has those. Um, but anyway, like I was saying, it's a it's a it's a it's a young man's league. You have a jaw, you have you Luca. have Luca, you have fucking even uh, you know Darius Garland. Like you've got these younger pieces, and like I don't see Kevin Durant in the Nets winning in the next two three years. Just like I don't see the Lakers winning in the next two three years. It's time 
for you to like save yourself before that that Paul Pierce Kevin Garnett situation happens all over again, where it's like oh, Brooklyn. Just, you fall over yourself trying to chase, um, you know, playoffs or even just relevancy, and you end up with no future. So I think I think the Nets could very easily like give in to what Kevin Durant asked for. I don't see them buying out Kyrie Irving in his contract, but like just send him home and don't resign him next year. And I mean, I don't know what you can get for Ben Simmons, but like <laughs> you, you could get a draft haul for Kevin Durant. Somebody will give, if they gave, if they gave, if the Minnesota Timberwolves got Utah, <laughs> all them draft picks, I know. Kevin Durant will get five at least. The thing that just sucks though about trading for Kevin Durant, you go gut your roster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like you can't really trade him. Yeah. I mean, unless you're going to be a middle tier team, the team that trades for him. Yeah. Well, or I I guess a superstar swap. Like, let's say hypothetically speaking, like Jalen Brown for KD with like two, three future first round draft picks. You get you get a young superstar plus, you know, future draft picks. Mm -hmm. That's the only scenario that I kind of see. Yeah, I could all. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know what they could do. You know, I don't know. It, there's it, <laughs> it, the the landscape of the NBA right now is is a little weird. But I think I think it, it, they do need to blow it up just because again they have another distraction, albeit you know Kyrie Irving. Um, you have a player that doesn't want to play basketball. He wants to be a model. Ben Simmons wants to be a model. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not taking him seriously. I read a stat. He's uh. He's averaging more turnovers than shot attempts. There's this, there's this um, parlay app that me and my homies use called Prize Picks. Shout out to Prize Picks. Hey, if y'all want to sponsor the podcast, let us let us know. But Prize Picks, they have this over under on Ben Simmons all the time. It's like seven and a half points. He always goes under. Like that's the easiest parlay you could pick. Ben Simmons is not a real basketball player, bro. He is a he gets the ball and just no. I'm not even gonna get into it. You need to trade him. You need to blow it up, bro, and get the draft picks <laughs> back and just let, again, just hope that you get a John Morant, a Luka Doncic from overseas. Like, just just start over. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You're not, like, they're not making the playoffs, dog. They're not making the playoffs with that roster. Yeah, and the East is just getting better. Like, this is the the best form of balance that we've had in both con- both yeah, conferences, Shout too. out to the Cavs, man. Y'all making me look good right now on my, on my picks. <laughs> shout out to the Cavs. Hey, I mean, we might as well go into the Cavs right now. So the last time we were on here, you know, we were saying, who are the dark horses, X, Y, and Z? And I want to just impose this question on on you. I mean, the Cavs are 8-2. They only lost – the only losses have been decided by two and a half points. You know, they have a great mix of veterans with young talent that can play for years to come with Mitchell, Garland, LaVert, Mobley, Allen Love, D. Wade, et cetera. Um, Notable wins they had this year was – uh, against the Celtics twice in overtime, against the Bulls, against the Knicks. They're number three in points allowed at 105. They're number one in point differential, so they'd be winning by an average of 11 points. They're top 10 in points per game, top 10 in field goal percentage, and top 10 in rebounds. I mean, is it even safe to say that they are the dark horse, right? They're still a dark horse right now? Like I, mm-hmm. I, I, At this point, I just expect them to be a top two, three seed when it's all said and done the Eastern Conference and get to the conference finals at this point. Yeah, I, I'm always I'm always the type to wait until after Christmas Day. Like 
I've always not even um, after trade deadline. Mm-mm. So I, I usually kind of feel like I know which teams are are legit. Like right after Christmas Day. Okay. Like usually, obviously, like the bigger bigger name teams play on Christmas Day, but like up to that point, it's about what twenty five games. It's pretty good sample size. Like it's it's a good where I can like tell like okay which players are going to carry their organization throughout the season. Do those are those players um, durable? Do I think that they can get through you know and win the games that are needed to be a top seed in the East and West? Um, And honestly. Donovan and Darius Garland, like that's a great that's a great backcourt to get you through a regular season, but also to you know get good shots in a playoff series. So I like I like Cleveland as as a dark horse. Um, the reason why I think that they're a dark horse still is because I didn't really see anybody nationally kind of like acknowledge them as much. Um, so they're still my dark horse in the East. Um, out west, I'm still kind of it's still kind of murky. I, I'm really not sure. I mean. I was upset because I really thought – I don't even want to say this, but I was going to give Minnesota, like, a little chance because of what they showed me last year. But them guys, they're a joke. They're a joke. <laughs> I don't know why you traded for Rudy Gobert. But anyway. But, yeah, I, my I, my West pick is still kind of up in the air. I haven't decided yet. Mm, yeah. Now nah, the cap should be – the cap – and the thing is, with with the level of uncertainty that's that's going on in the NBA, like like we're going to talk about a little bit later with the Warriors or the Clippers mm-hmm. or the Lakers, the Miami Heat, like these teams, we're not used to these teams playing like this. I'm so it's very good that it's very that. good that they are basically one up on all these teams as well too. So they can afford in the future to, to sit out a couple games, the rest was the end of the season as well too. They really light years ahead right now as far as the record goes as well too. So. Yeah. Um, that's going to be interesting, but I'm still curious to see with those two guys in the backcourt that are not necessarily known for their defense, mm-hmm. how is that going to pan out in a seven-game series when you go up against the Boston Celtics? Obviously, you don't got MAU Doka, but mm-hmm. they can lean on their experience um, or like a the Greek freak or if Miami you know, starts to get it together as well too. How are they going to fare mm-hmm. um, when they get put on islands when the, in the fourth quarter? When you just lean to your superstar, one-on-one, get the mismatch, get the bucket, or draw enough attention to get the open shot to someone else. So it's going to be interesting to see them guard um, from a defensive standpoint in a seven-game series. Yeah, I could definitely see just off the top of my head Milwaukee being the problem, like, you know, that they'll run into. Um, And there's nothing you can do about that. All the East teams that were good. When LeBron was in the East, like, obviously you got Toronto. Seems like years um, ago. the, The Hawks, like... You just run into a player that's just insurmountable, dominates. Um, I could see that happening to them, mm-hmm. even though they have a great roster. Um, I could definitely see Chris Middleton, like, you know, abusing them. So, <laughs> so yeah, to your point, like, they could definitely lose to Milwaukee. But, you know, hey, you know, sometimes the right the right shot falls sometimes, and you can win, you know, you can steal a game one. Like, you never know what happens in that type of situation. So, mm-hmm. um We'll see. But, yeah, I agree. Defensively, they will be challenged. Shout out to the GM for the Cavs, man. I I, I got to see them live the other day against the Clippers, and they are a great basketball team. And Donovan Mm -hmm. Mitchell, take away the defense, he literally looks like if D-Way had a a kid that's in the NBA, that's him right there. Um, A dream matchup that I kind of want to see, you know, because a lot of people are saying, like, is this the new best backcourt? I want to see them go up against Trey Young and DeJounte Murray in the seven-game series, like a mm-hmm. first-round matchup, like a three-versus-six seed or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that would be fire. 
And shout out to DeJounte Murray, man. I miss you from the San Antonio Spurs, but had to let you go because we 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 trying to take and get and, and get a good and, and get that good pick in Victor, man. But that would be a great series, uh-huh. honestly. Okay, yeah, I, I would like to see that. I know you know Trey obviously got that got that competitor fire in him. Obviously, I'd like to see the Knicks theater or theatrics again, but obvi- they're not even looking good either. But we'll see. I think. I think um, in that series, though, I I obviously take Cleveland. I think that they had still have a lot more well-rounded players that I, I like more. Um, but we'll see. I think De- Devonte had like thirty-six the other night. I think uh, I looked like he's against he's, the Bucks. He's ingratiating well, um, a lot faster than I thought he would. Too, Without so, Trey, yeah, mm. so I respect it. Now, like you said, you know LeBron kind of dominated the East, obviously, you know for damn near a decade and some change and whatnot as well too. And it seems like. <clears throat> now it's Giannis League. Um, you know, with the Bucks being nine and one, mm-hmm. having no Middleton, who is their closer, who is what many would say is the second best player. No Joe Ingles still recovering from that uh, you know, ACL injury. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this year Giannis is averaging thirty two points, twelve rebounds, five assists, and shooting fifty four percent from the field, and the Bucks are nine and one. I know it's kind of early. It's only been 10, 11 games, but mm-hmm. could he possibly win his third MVP this year? Because I know last time we were talking about, you know, our, our top five MVP candidates and all that whatnot, you said, and which I agree with, there's a lot of the, a lot of the media goes with the, with the narrative for the MVP, but do you mm-hmm. think this is a good enough narrative to get him in that conversation to get that third MVP potentially? Yes, definitely. I mean, it, the story is there for him to, you know, to obviously – um, have this high of a record and maybe even finish with that, you know, the best record in the East, maybe even the, even in the NBA um, with, you know, part of the season going without your, without your second best player. That's, that's a great story. I just think um, it will be, I just think that it will be glaring the difference in talent between Milwaukee and the Mavericks and the numbers that, um, that Luka Doncic is putting up that they will try to give because they always do that it's always like <laughs> uh yeah we gave it to we gave it to Giannis already let's give you know our first one to Luca you know like yeah it's obvious like that's usually like they they get voter fatigue and I hate that you know but um I'm I'm more so leaning on Luca like I like what I'm seeing from him in the you know the very you know first 10 games of the season um, but I do think that Giannis could, you know, obviously be in the voting, can finish top three for sure. Um, I still think it's it's probably Luca, Giannis right now, and then Ja Morant still at the. Ja's been a little. He's been putting up his numbers, but I feel like the media has been like kind of quiet with him the last yeah. like the and last week. I mean, week that's or two. the thing. It's like it's it's about how many nationally televised games you have, and then also <laughs> just like you know, do you? I mean, Ja obviously has the wow factor. I watched the. Replay, he comes off from, like, the weak side to, like, completely obliterate some blocked shot that he had from, like, somebody coming into the lane. I was like, God damn, you're a point guard. What are you doing? But, um, you know, he definitely has that wow factor. Giannis has it too. Luka has it. So I think it's it's definitely them three. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, like I said, Dame just came back. Um, and shout out to uh, Dame the and Portland. Ones, they, they're still playing the, very well. The, the young, young ones stepped ones up. Hold, holding it down. I I really like Shaden Sharp's game, dog. Like he is, I didn't, is crazy. I didn't get to see him play at Kentucky, obviously, because he just didn't. He just never. He just never. 
I don't I think he was injured or whatever, but he never showed up to play at Kentucky. I didn't know his game was like that. I didn't really watch high school highlights like that. Um, but I didn't know he could get buckets the way he's getting them. He's going to be a star, I think, like a 20, 25 points per game guy, bro. Like, I don't know how long. I mean, I guess Damian will, will get the grandfather treatment, you know, in, in Portland and never get traded, kind of like Kobe in L.A., which is crazy, especially in today's NBA. But I think once, if ever, Damian starts to come down a little, and Shaden kind of kind of usurps because I, I like what I'm seeing from Anthony Simons as well, but I think Shaden might or yeah Shaden Sharp might have a little bit more like just a little bit more than him, and I think he'll start to become like a franchise player for them. I think he's that good. Mm-hmm. Interesting, and also shout out to De'Aaron Fox, man. Like you yes. said, we don't really get to unless you have lead pass or are a diehard fan, you're not watching these bottom tier slash low market teams. We need to get De'Aaron Fox up out of uh, the Sacramento Kings and go to a team like, like the like the Suns when Chris Paul old ass just can't play no more. Just right there, right there with Devin Booker, which makes me go into my next topic. Uh, Suns Cam Johnson towards meniscus. So Cam Johnson underwent a successful meniscectomy procedure this past Tuesday on his right meniscus tear suffered in Friday's loss to Portland of last week. According to Healthline.com, a meniscectomy procedure involves making a large incision that exposes the knee joint and removing the damaged part of the meniscus. The incision is sewn or stapled closed. Considering the type of procedure, Johnson could be back in a couple of months, which is good news. Um, The Suns haven't released a timetable on his return. Johnson has missed Phoenix's last two games. Right now, Phoenix is number two in the West at being seven and three. Cam Johnson's doing pretty well this year, um, averaging 13 points per game and shooting 43% from three, playing that stretch four position. Uh, I think the only thing that kind of sucks is, is his contract year. Um, but granted that he can come back, um, you know, hopefully he can get that the money that he's looking for as well, too. So I guess my two questions for you is, how do you think the Suns is going to fare um, being a man down, being someone who's huge to, you know, their championship aspirations and obviously we heard about jay crowder they just want to try to shop him and send him home how do you think the Suns are going to fare and then also do you see a situation where they're like you know actually jay crowder you know can we can we have you come back first first and foremost i want to you see <laughs> right uh <laughs> yo you know me yeah i gotta tell you bro i gotta tell you hey i'm feeling bad for my fellow tar hill cam johnson get back right man you are a crazy good shooter bro you are you are very very missed. I know in the Phoenix Suns offense. And shout out to Carolina. We won last last night. VCU won too by like in eighteen opener, in the opener. Shout out uh, UNC UNC Wilmington. That was a great game. Um, but yeah, I mean as far as as far as like how they how they will fare, um, they'll miss him. I think I think um, they play better chemistry wise when he's on the floor. I can see like the ball pop a little bit faster. I do not think Jay Crowder will come back. I do think that that that, that relationship is tarnished. Yeah. Um, I think I saw like earlier in the season, Chris Haynes had reported like one of their games when they were on ES, I think it was on ESPN or TNT. He had reported like the reason why he not playing with the team isn't because he wasn't starting. But I'm I'm thinking that's a lie. I think once Cam Johnson showed that he was the better player like Jay Crowder got in his feelings was like I want to be traded so I don't think that now that he's gone that he's going to want to come back that's dead 
Um, but I think uh, now when they when I think they'll you know drop you know a few games just because I think that the chemistry will be tougher. I'm not sure who they're putting in the lineup for Cam now. Do you know? Uh, no, I really haven't been paying attention to who they've been starting. I think um, um, I think they'll be okay, but they won't be as good. They won't. They'll, they'll drop a few games while he's while he's gone. If he's gone for two or three months, that could be a problem because um, I think he's averaging like a good like thirteen or so, fourteen or so points. That's something that you're gonna miss. Um, he's not the greatest defensive player, so I don't know exactly. You know. Who they have to? Oh, to, Tory Craig is starting oh, in replace of. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> you're definitely dropping a few tears and shooting, um, but and also and also sorry to butt in, mm. I think Chris Paul might miss some time too. I think he said they said he had like a sore heel already. I'm like, yo, you only ten games into the season. I think that they are good. I think they're happy about that because I don't think they want to play Chris Paul, bro. Until on the playoffs, the low, on the low, I don't think they want to play him because they be pulling him. In the fourth quarter, sometimes. I mean, he's a little older, and obviously yeah, teams pick on him. But. They picking on him, and they don't want him on the floor when when they picking on him. So I don't know. I mean, maybe that that's a blessing in disguise. But obviously, you need his leadership. So I'm not going to disrespect him like that. But <laughs> the Phoenix Suns are going to take some losses for sure. They're missing those two. Yeah, I think they're going to dip to like, because I mean, right now the difference between. Eighth place and first place is only three games, and they're one place behind Utah Jazz out of all teams being number one. Yo, Jordan Clarkson, why are you killing my Lakers like this, bro? Not even Jordan Clarkson. Lori Markin. Oh, yeah. That boy been hooping. AD, you need to get it together, bro. I'm not trying to see Lori Markin and take two dribbles from the three-point line and score on you in the paint. It's nasty. You're doing crazy work. It's actually very nasty. But shout out to Utah Jazz, man. Um, another injury that uh, kind of just you know came about was Pascal Siakam. They said he may be maybe out a minimum of two weeks uh, with a right abductor strain. And right now, the Toronto Raptors currently sit fifth in the East, being six and five. He's leading the team in points, rebound, and assists. Twenty-five points per game, nine rebounds, eight assists, forty-eight percent from the field, and thirty-five percent from the three-point line. Um, and yeah, they're going to be without him for a while. And the good news is that. Fred Van Fleet just came back as well, too. But, um, I mean, obviously they're kind of up and down. They got Nick Nurse. They got the culture intact and whatnot as well, too. So I don't expect them to dip too much, especially with a lot of uncertainty, not only in the Eastern Conference but the NBA in general. Um, do you think they, you know, stay above 500 while he's out? I mean, Scotty Barnes got to step up. Ah, man, damn, I was going to say I'm that. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say the real the real story is is whether or not Scotty Barnes is going to, you know, elevate his game. I think this is a great time for him to step into that. You are a former number 3 overall pick, um something around that area. I know he was like top top 3, top 4, I think. Um, you know, hey, it's time, you know. You got a you got a great chance to um highlight your offensive game. I know it's not polished polished yet, but it's it's a time to you know get in there with Fred VanVleet and Gary Trent Jr. and like and and see what you can do. Yeah, like in no way should Gary Trent Jr. and OG Ananobi have more shot attempts than you. Facts, yeah, facts, and that's the thing. It was somebody else I was talking about that with. It was another former. Oh, yeah, no, that's not the same situation. <laughs> I was gonna say James Wiseman because I know again, top two pick mm. needs you know wants to get that contract. 
Mm. You know, so I know that he he probably wants his shots too, but that's a different story. Yeah, I mean, we might as well get into that as well too. I mean, what the fuck is going on with the Golden State Warriors? <laughs> They're dead last in points allowed at 120 points per game. Yeah. They're number three in points per game, so that's kind of good as well too. But they've been getting smacked. Um, I don't really understand like what's been going on. And right now, um, I mean, they won. Granted, they won the other night um, with a controversial call. The reps came back and said that um, the Kings basically, that they said Steph Curry traveled. And then that, um, what's his name? Kevin Hoarder, is that his name? Actually got fouled. So he should have went to the free throw line and the game would have been different as well too. But right now the Warriors are 12th in the Western Conference, God. the reigning champions, and they're 4-7. and seven. What do you think is going on with them right now, man? Look, man, I think I think <laughs> it's the classic new school versus the old school. Like you remember, um, I think it was the O four Olympics when it was Allen Iverson, Tim Duncan, and somebody KG. else. And then you had Carmelo Anthony and Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. You had the old NBA that's got championships and MVPs and the up and coming guys who, you know, want to show that they can do what they want to do as well. And it's just like you think about it. James Wiseman is a number two overall pick. Now, we may not think he has, you know, first team, second team, third team, all NBA skills, but he may think that, and he like, I see Clay, Draymond, and stuff get their money already. I'm trying to, like, and Jordan Poole. I seen Jordan Poole get his money. At the end and of the hasn't day. hasn't been playing like he's worth that money. No, not true, 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 true. But I'm saying it's also about the reps because mm-hmm. Kevin Kevon Looney is starting, right? Yeah. So at some point, it's like, I'm a number two pick. When am I going to start? Because Kevon Looney is not a number two pick. And as great as he is and as um, as as great as he was for the championship teams, at some point, like, uh, what's the word I'm trying to, uh, precedence or, like, prestige has to has to show, like, okay, Steve Kerr, like, I'm ready to, to show, like, that I can be dominant or that I can, you know, maybe be a DeAndre Ayton light or whatever, you know, whatever he thinks he is, you know what I mean? Like, and, and to let the new school or the, the players that you drafted start to blossom. Cause at some point, like it does become about the money for players that want to start Especially to establish their, their role and their image in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's clashing at a time where Clay Thompson's trying to get his image back Draymond Green's like, oh, you think you getting money, Jordan Poole? Bow, bow. You know what I'm saying? Like, all of that is clashing, I think. And, you know, hey, I love Steph, but you need to get it together. This is this is it. This is a chance for you to be, you know, a, a leader in the locker room. I already know you got that finals MVP. I love it. I already know. If, if my friends, Chemezi and Melvin, ever heard this, they're going to be like, don't talk about Steph because they love Steph. But at the end of the day, gotta ra- you got to rally the troops because it's not going to look good if y'all are still losing record post-Christmas. Yeah, and, and they're the defending champions, yes. which and doesn't make sense. Too much talent. A lot and of talent. Golden Boy coach that everybody talks about is Golden Boy. So, yeah, I mean, if there's any team to turn around, I've obviously, like I put my I put house money on them as well too. But like you said, mm-hmm. it could be something where it's – the altercation that happened between uh, Puppy Pool and Big Dog Draymond, that could be something as well, too. Mm-hmm. The fact that they are champions, every team is going to come at their necks every single night, and I feel like the young ones haven't kind of realized that. And then also, 
playing the young players a little bit more, trying to keep Steph, trying to keep Clay, trying to keep Draymond fresh for when it matters most. Kind of like the San Antonio Spurs treatment with the big three. I think all those things are kind of happening. And then like what you said, what you alluded to was players that haven't got paid or players, AI, yeah, uh, Jordan Poole, who's gotten paid, are really trying to prove their work as well, too. So the chemistry just isn't there as well. But um, it seems like when Steph's on the floor, they're in good hands. When he's off the floor, there's such a minus um, in that category as far as defense and whatnot. Um, so we'll see what happens. But like you said, I, I mean, I definitely put the blame on Steve Kerr and Steph Curry. You know, they're basically the head of the snake. So, um We'll see what happens with that as well, too. But that would be nasty if they're under 500 by Christmas time. And it's, it's about to be mid-November before the blink of an eye. So <laughs> it's going to be real interesting with these, in general, with these NBA hyped up uh, Christmas games. Because yeah. that's when most people start tuning in to watch the NBA. That's when I tune in. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, before, you know, I, I got on the pod, like, I was like, okay, well, I got I to gotta tap into, you know, <laughs> you know earlier than, than usual. Mm-hmm. But because usually I, I, I'll tap into, like, the first five or ten games of college basketball, and then by then it's Christmas time, and then I'm, I'm on NBA, so. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Um, another Western Conference team that I kind of want to talk about, but more so the player, I guess the team and the player, uh, is this guy right here. Can y'all see him? Mr. Fun Guy, Kawhi Leonard um, has only played two games. The Clippers are currently seventh in the West at being six and five. Um, and apparently, I guess Kawhi suffered stiffness in his knee a couple, I think two weeks ago against the Oklahoma City Thunder when he was warming up. So they pulled him off um, and they sent him back to California, back to L.A. to kind of work on his knee they have a new term it's not load management it's like right knee acl manager i don't know what the type of load management Another is called uh, right now but apparently he's been participating in individual workouts uh but there's really no time frame for Kawhi Leonard to come back so he's missed his seventh straight game because of his right knee injury right knee injury management um and he's expected to miss you know the next upcoming games as well too <laughs> and it said here by Ty Lu, there's really not a time frame of what <laughs> Yo, that shit is so funny, bro. No timetable. <laughs> no timetable. Right knee. Oh, he's coming back. Um, Clippers coach Tyler said when asked if Landon Stats is considered more week-to-week than day-to-day now, <laughs> the biggest thing is just the testing that he has to go through with the medical. Yeah, they that boy day-to-day to week-to-week. Oh, no. The biggest thing is just the testing that he has to go through with the medical and the slow progression of just getting better every single day. And so we're just taking it day by day right now, not really a timetable. What are your thoughts on this whole situation <laughs> with uh, Mr. Load Management, a.k.a. my favorite player? Hey, bro, you, don't, funny. you don't want to know my thoughts on it. Look, <laughs> ours, hey, in my group message, in <laughs> my group message this week, somebody said, <laughs> somebody said, <laughs> that Kawhi, don't play unless he 100%. And I bust out laughing. Bro. I said, oh, God, he don't. Like, everybody in the NBA, I bet you, like, even after a summer of, like, you know, just pickup games, everybody's starting the season at, like, 
maybe 95%. And then it obviously dwindles as the season goes on. <laughs> this man wants to be at 100% <laughs> every game. Every game. And it is costing his team. It's costing his team. And I just, you know, hey. I feel, you know, I feel most sorry for, for Paul George because it's like, you know, hey, like, you know, he is coming down off of his prime as well. Like, at some point, like, these are your better games that you're ever going to have in your career. And it's like, I know Paul George wants to win a championship. Like, I watched him in Indiana, at, you know, like, battle LeBron. Like, I know he wants it. Whether he's good enough to do it on his own, obviously, has shown that that's not the case. He needs Kawhi. So, I know, um, especially... <coughs> Seeing that the organization across the hall isn't good, like this is a great time for them to, you know, try to, you know, get out on this window. The Warriors don't look like they're all that great either, you know. So it just seems like a a anybody's chance, especially in the first ten games of the season, and it just doesn't look like Kawhi is willing <laughs> to play through whatever it is going on with him. Yeah, that's just kind of crazy. I mean. Like, I don't know what a week or two will do when you've had, like, what, 18 months off? You've been working out all summer. I, I don't know what Even it is. Anthony Davis playing through his back pain. So, I mean, what you want me to say? Yeah, he is playing through his back pain. Um, that's just an interesting topic. Like, <laughs> I've gotten to the point where, like, I would always give him the benefit of the doubt because he's my favorite player. But now I'm just like, all right, dog. Like, come on, man. Like, you you seem fine in those two games you played. Like, everything seemed fine. Um, but I think he does have a history of, like, having, like, degenerative knees or some shit like that as well, too. Um, but like you said, like, it's funny, but, like, that's – that's actually factual. Like this dude don't play unless he thinks he's one hundred percent, unless it's the playoffs. Like, but you, you like you said, you, you you're being a detriment to your team because you're not building that that camaraderie, that chemistry with them as well too. So, yeah. I just don't want it to be a situation where you don't come back damn near until like what all star breaking. You have to figure some shit out on the fly. But Kawhi is like one of those KDs, one of those bronze. He's one of those players where you can plug in on any team and you know they'll figure it out. But it's better to kind of get those reps in and get familiarity with the team um, to kind of make that push as well. So, I mean, right now they're six and five. Um, you mentioned they got Paul George, who's a, one of the you know top 20 players in the NBA. Depth is crazy. Marcus Morris, John Wall, Norman Powell, Vaka Zubay, Reddy Jackson, Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, Robert Covington. They have the pieces to be a playoff contending team. But if you don't have Kawhi, you're not going to get to the promised land. Um, so th- th- it's day and night with him in the lineup and, and not at, and, and not in the lineup. So um, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens with that as well, too. But board, man, I know you already been getting paid, but, like, come on, man. Like, you're the reason why I got the season passes and I didn't even get to see you. So I saw you actually on the bench, all black, you know, sitting down. Your knees look fine. You got hype when you saw a duck. <laughs> it was good with you. Yeah, but man, He all in them New Balance commercials, man. That's what it is. <sighs> yeah, I guess so. Last time we were here, you know, we, we talked about the Lakers' demise. Um, we talked about you know, Russell Westbrook's bad play. We talked about if we had to put our GM hats on. We talked about would Russ, you know, potentially get blackballed and whatnot. He actually, like you predicted the first time that you were on here, that what the lineup should be, and I think you were kind of pretty accurate with it. Um, but he's coming off the bench now, and, uh, you know, for the season he's averaging 16, 6, and 6. 
over the last six games, he's averaged 19 points per game, six assists, five rebounds, shooting 51% from the field, 48% from three, 80% from the free throw line. Obviously, he has to cool it on the turnover. I think it's about at a four, four and a half. Um, but what do you attribute to his success um, with the Lakers? And, and I guess after that, man, even though he's doing great, you clearly can't point the fingers at him now. Um, but tell me your thoughts on Russell Westbrook's resurgence in a sense and, you know, the Lakers right now playing like some trash. Well, I, I would like to say first and foremost, you know, thank you to Russell Westbrook for at least for now seeming to have accepted your role of coming off the bench. That was huge. Um, not that it's going to save our season or anything like that, because it's not. But I just want to say you you are now making the games a little bit more enjoyable that I'm now watching you play the game that you seem to have fallen back in love with. Um, the second part of your question was, what do I think <laughs> is going to happen now? Trade bait? Yeah, so um, I really, really hope Rob Palenka does not touch this team. I think I just, I just need him to let it go its course. I, it's like, it's like watching a train wreck, and it's just like you just gotta let it go through. Yikes. You just gotta let it go through. I don't want to see Russell Westbrook traded for a player or two that have two or three year deals, like for example, Gordon Hayward or Terry Rozier. Or um, I know Miles Turner actually is a free agent next year, so that might be okay. I'm not sure what Buddy Hill's contract looks like. But I don't want to see players that are going to have to be on the team next year, especially after they traded Talonhorn Tucker for the Dunk reason. was crazy. For the reason of cap flexibility. I just want it to be done. I want Russell to come off the books, and I want them to try to give it one more go with whoever they can sign for that forty million dollars. So just let the season go. It's it's all like we're as Laker fans, we're gonna get on Twitter, we're gonna complain that like, oh my God, like we can't hit three pointers and <laughs> oh my God, we're playing we're playing Wayne and Gabriel like it's Jokic and like it's it is what it is. This is what you sign up for when you trade your depth for a player that makes forty million dollars. It's like it's like what Darvin Ham said in the post game conference. It's like you have Three players that take up the majority of the cap space. Excuse me. And then whatever you have that's left is what's left. You have you have players on minimum deals or players that you drafted in the second round. And, like, that's just what's left. And you just have to um, deal. You have to reap what you sowed on that trade. Let it go out. Not use him for trade bait. Like, that's dead. No, no GM is going to fall for that. Every GM knows that Russell Westbrook is who he is, and he's going to turn over the ball. He's going to maybe average 16 to 18 a game, and he can't shoot. Like, nobody's signing up for that. Nobody. There's not, a, there's, not a play, there's not a team other than a team that's maybe, you know, trying to sell again, tank for Victor. But do you want those players on your team? Do those, te- do those players on those bad teams make your team any better or more formidable for the playoffs? The answer is no. Rob, <laughs> don't do it. Just relax. So that's my answer. I, I, I They will be lucky to win 35 games, and they have one more year. The only reason why they don't need to blow it up like Kevin Durant and them over at the net in the Nets is because they have a – they have a route to a solution for next year only. And if it doesn't work, then they need to blow up the team. But 
that's the only reason why I say not, not to blow it up this year. Um, but yeah, the Russell Westbrook thing, just let it run its course. It's fine. We don't need to win the championship this year. They're not winning the championship. They know they have to know that. So just let it ride, and we'll see what happens next year. Honestly, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I agree with you. Let it ride. I mean, I know LeBron's getting older, um, but it may be one of those things where you got to fake an injury. This was gonna happen. And once he breaks the all-time leading score, he's gonna have some injury where he's gonna sit out. Andy Davis probably not going to play 60 games. Therefore, I'm going to have to buy his shoes at retail price. <laughs> and they just going to let Russ rock. They let it. They, y'all the third worst team in the NBA with three superstars. Like, that's actually crazy. If you'd have told me back in August that the Utah Jazz and the Portland Trail Blazers would be way better than y'all, I'd have been and like. Pelicans. And Pelicans. Pelicans. I, I mean, I kind of knew what the Pelicans was going to be like in a sense, but like. I thought from just the atrocity in which you guys were last year, y'all would be at least a little bit above 500, just clawing every single night, you know what I'm saying? But that's that, that's definitely not the case. But y'all good enough to get Victor and still have AD and Brian, and like you said, let Russ rock, get two or three pieces with him, and then, um, you know, maybe house money and LeBron, you know, rise off on the coattails but uh shout out to russ playing well um showcasing that humility and and being about the team and in a way you know even if he doesn't get traded you know between now and the, and the deadline he's showing because you kind of alluded to this or talked about it um, last episode where like you have to be willing to do what's bet for the betterment of the team if you want to stay in the nba so he's proven right now that he can be a valuable asset uh, next year to a contending team if he, you know, buys into this role as well too. So yeah. um, we're gonna see what's good with that for sure. Mm-hmm. I guess my last thing before we, you know, end the in the, in the the podcast for today. You know, we talked about the Warriors, we talked about the Lakers, we talked about the Clippers, um, and even you know Eastern Conference, you know, runner ups with the Miami Heat. Like, why do you think? And 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 we thought Minnesota was gonna be good. Like, why do you think there's so much? ebb and flow with these teams and their records to start the season with this 10 to 11 game sample size. Mm-hmm. Um, good question, man. I think that might be the only question I don't really have an answer to right now. Um, I think, you know, you're seeing a lot of pl- teams that have been together for a while, you know, like Miami, um, Minnesota's obviously had cat for, for a while now. Um, and it might just be, again, old voices, you know, sometimes, mm. you know, that's what happened with Utah last year. Um, you ultimately, you know, hit your ceiling or you kind of stop believing in that roster or, you know, hey, you see Tyler Hero get a contract. Should I get a contract next? Like it's it, it might be a, a, a lot of, you know, anything. It could be team chemistry. Who knows? Um, it seems like. The teams that are faring well right now seem to have the best chemistry. When I watch Cleveland play, they're out there smiling. They're, you know, cheering for each other on the bench. You know, it's like that Brooklyn Nets team that didn't have a a star, a superstar on it, but, like, they were always cheering on the bench and always having memes. It's like even the teams that don't have the much, the, that, mo- that much talent, like the Utah Jazz, seem to be happier playing together and uh, – those are the teams that are being led to to wins, whereas the Golden State Warriors or um, 
yeah, you know, teams that don't have that chemistry or seem to be having a little bit of jealousy in the locker room seem to be having a little bit more trouble. Mm. No, that's interesting. I'd have to agree with you. If I had to point to a couple of things, definitely the chemistry uh, within these teams as well, too. Ego and what you kind of contest to with the contract situations, playing time, accepting their roles, contentness in a well, in a sense, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just from other teams, they just have improved – They've been looking at tape. They've wanted to get better, and they just are hungry to compete and you know make a run and be and be playoff contending teams. So, mm. like I said, it's pretty early. Um, I feel like, like you said, we we shouldn't really really judge teams until about Christmas time. So, it's a month and a half, man. These teams that we've grown accustomed to, um, step your shit up. Mm. <laughs> like, come on, man. But it's just crazy how we're seeing like that that transition like you said earlier with these these old heads slowly getting kicked out and the new heads are the ones mm-hmm. that are on top right now so mm-hmm. it's it's kind of crazy i never thought i would kind of see that but uh you just never know with the nba so any any closing remarks or anything um oh shout out to my girl siobhan i know you gonna be watching this you always be watching all the episodes first thing in the morning i so i we appreciate your support yes sir um, Shout out to Siobhan. Um, and, you know, um, holidays coming up. If you ain't spoken to your family all year or whatever, you know, speak to your family. They love you. And call your mom, call your dad, you know, because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you never know, you know, what can happen in this world. And, you know, you just want to make sure you stay close to your family members, not only during the holidays, but, you know, all year long. Um, so, that's that's my closing remark. Just to make sure y'all y'all stay close to your family. That's all. Mm, yeah. I mean, there's really not that much to say, but always try to plan ahead and realize that every human being, regardless of the situation, has 24 hours in the day to make an impact to better themselves, mm-hmm. their loved ones. Um, so utilize that time management is key, and just having belief in yourself and surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals. And not being ignorant, staying curious, and just wanting to improve yourself. So that's all I got to say. Ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 122 of The Caesar Show. Make sure, make sure to subscribe on all of the social media at The Caesar Show, at Sir Caesar, at Terrence Whaley underscore. We are out. Peace.